today on Life Talks, should you be able to drink alcohol if you've got a cough? <laughs> That's where we're at today. No, we actually have something big to talk about. But before we start recording, we start having this giant conversation because Brit, if you hear coughing in the background, Britt's got this cough he can't get rid of. I'm so and- Baptist, I don't even drink NyQuil. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't. Are I you don't serious? Ever, I don't even do What NyQuil. is wrong with you? I'm Not- a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and so we are both giving our suggestions to Brit and yeah. and, and Dan was pulling up this ancient, you know, back in my day we had these cough drops that made you do this and that. And what are they called again? They were Smith Mr. Brothers. Smith Brothers and they came in a little in a little uh, box that had a wax paper bag. All uh, the old people are saying, "Yeah." Okay, so those. so when next time you go to the Smithsonian, look for the <laughs> Smith Brothers cough drops that Dan remembers. Menthol. <laughs> and then I just said, "Listen, I have this homemade concoction that you and just pick the the whiskey of your choice and put a little cayenne pepper mm-hmm. with honey." And the older you get, the more Presbyterian you get. You know that? <laughs> All I'm saying is there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of that to ease the cough. That's all I'm saying. And if you've got a big cough, you get more. <laughs> and Every- <laughs> until you're laying under the couch. <laughs> um, this could turn into a debate episode. Oh, here if, we if, go. If, yes. <laughs> uh, anyways, if you're listening to this, all I'm saying is there's nothing wrong with having some kind of cough you medicine. Know how much sin has been justified in this broken and fallen oh world my. by people Dan's, who started off Dan's their getting, rationalization? Dan's getting fundamentalist, literally. Wrong with. <laughs> okay, so we just so had. What are we a, talking about? We're talking today. I, I'm gonna. We're gonna have a conversation about something that about a podcast I listened to on my way back from Michigan. We were talking about um, a lot of things over lunch today, and I brought this topic up and we just started talking. I said, well, let's make this into a podcast. You and I have no agenda with this, right? A lot of times we have- Oh, we have no agenda we'll admit to. Or I won't admit to. (laughs) I've always got an agenda. Dan always knows where he wants to go. Drunken Presbyterian. (laughs) All of you on Sunday that I've heard that, you are going to come up to me like, yes, Ben, that's a good way of dealing with coughs. I'm not saying it's soused in, in your bedroom drinking this, all I'm saying is to ease the cough, there's nothing wrong with having a little sip of, of homemade cough medicine. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, when there's like 97 different varieties <laughs> of cough medicine at the Walmart, yes, let's go make our own down oh. at the ABC. Anyways. Oh, what would you do without me, Ben? I don't... I, you'd I'd be ha- in rehab. That's where you'd be. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... What I what I want to talk about today, Dan, is I was listening to a podcast between Jordan Peterson and Eric Metaxas. You know, you you know who the, both those guys are, right? Oh, get me started. Okay, so Jordan Peterson obviously has. Uh, this is on Jordan Peterson's podcast. He is a well known psychologist, philosopher, teacher. Um, you know, he's all things. He's a brilliant thinker. He's a philosopher, and he's not a believer. No, but he leans that way philosophically, yeah, or at yeah. least he explores it yeah. with intellectual. Yeah, pursuits. and if if you really want to, there's a great documentary on Jordan Pearson called "The Rise of Jordan Pearson." It's on Amazon Prime. You could watch it. It's very interesting to see how he came to even being a popular uh, figure publicly, mm-hmm. and um, it kind of shows the story behind why he believes what he believes, and I think it's it's a fascinating look at him. Anyways, and then you have Eric Metaxas. Eric Metaxas is a Christian 
philosopher, thinker, writer. He's written a lot of books. Activist. He's an activist. Uh, he has his own uh, radio show. Did yeah. you know that? Oh, yes. And <laughs> but his greatest work um, was his biography of Bonhoeffer. Yeah, I and I read that yeah. phenomenal it's, book. It is a phenomenal. I've read book. that. I've read it's his book on. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I read his book on um, Wilberforce. That was really that good actually, as well. Yeah, that's you. Everybody should read that. book. Everyone should read Bonhoeffer and Wilberforce. He did a phenomenal job. And then he's written some other biographies. I think about seven great men or something like that. Yeah. Um, but recently, he wrote a book about, I think he called it Letters to the Church, or Letter to the Church. And essentially, what he did was um, share his thoughts philosophically about what the church should be doing. And so Peterson, Jordan Peterson, was interviewing him. And I'm listening to this interview, and Metaxas's premise is that what's going on in America today mirrors what was going on in um Nazi Germany, or I should say Germany before the Third Reich came to power. And when the Third Reich came to power, the church remained silent. And as they continued to progress, uh, as the Nazis continued to progress their philosophy and their ideology throughout the culture, as the church remained silent, eventually the church became, you know, came under the influence, became infiltrated. And then you had the confessing church with, with Bonhoeffer, but by that time it was too late. And then they got killed or wiped out. And so it just left this really bad taste in the mouth of uh, most Germans of where was the church when we needed it the most. And so it was an interesting conversation because Metaxas's premise, and again, I have not read this book, but I listened to the conversation, was that the church needs to speak up more about against a lot of these woke ideologies, uh, more, more, a more activist church. Um, we're too silent about political things. And um, if we're not careful, we're going to find ourselves in the same boat as the Nazis, as Germans in, within, under, under the Nazi regime. And so that was that's his premise. And as I was listening to it, I thought, hmm, I'm just I, I've got a lot of things I'm I'm thinking through right now, and I just want to hear what Dan thinks first. Because <laughs> I because how I long get... you got, bro? <laughs> you got 14 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's and. I, I used to be a Metaxas fan. I enjoyed mm -hmm. reading him. I will tell you that, in my opinion, he jumped on the on the Trump train so aggressively that he threw a lot of his both his uh, credibility mm -hmm. uh, and and also the purity of some of his positions out the window with that. He was definitely a Trump apologist. Oh, through and through. Oh, in, at, at a nauseating level, and. <laughs> <laughs> tell us what don't you ask, really think, Dan. Don't ask Dan. Dan what he thinks, because he will <laughs> tell you. But here's, here, I reject his premise on several grounds. First of all, um, I, I don't know where a philosopher gets off uh, um, trying to lecture theologians on the purpose of the church. Um, okay, fine. You can just add your noise to the cacophony of people who are always wanting to tell the spiritual leadership of the church how to do the work of God. But we already have someone that gave us a really, really good record of what the church should be doing, and that was called the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing in Scripture that calls us to activism mm -hmm. on a political level. Not a word. In fact, there's a lot of warnings against it. But I also say this. When he talks about the church, and he's talking about the church particularly during that time in history, mm -hmm. he was talking about the German Lutheran church, mm -hmm. and he was talking about the Roman Catholic church, neither of which I identify with in the least. Mm -hmm. So, But the, because he's an evangelical Christian— and the topic of the title of the book and the audience to which he's selling it, he is selling it to the evangelical church. 
But the evangelical church has been the most activist branch of organized religion since the founding of the church mm. in Jerusalem anyway, and he wants us to turn it up at another notch or two. To me, a, a, a wrong wrong premise, wrong audience. Mm. Um, of, of all the people who are trying to make a difference through the, using their moral voices, it is born-again Christians. And I think born-again Christians have a responsibility to exercise the freedoms they have in a way that makes political change and provides salt and light. Mm. But the mission mission of the church is not to raise and lower kings. The mission of the church is to preach the truth. Right. And preaching the truth begins with the gospel. Yeah. And we have to keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah. Okay. So I pre- you did that in two minutes, Dan. See, you didn't- Oh, I left a lot on the table. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have some thoughts as well. I, again, when I was listening to it, I believe, I think there's a- why I think what he says resonates with so many people, Dan, is because a lot of people really look around what's happening to our nation and they're disturbed and they're mm-hmm. they're frightened or they're concerned. I mean, along the spectrum of of you know whether it's i'm I'm perturbed to concern to I'm scared or whatever it may be. And they're looking for voices who will stand up for righteousness and truth. Mm-hmm. You and I both recognize, and we even did an entire sermon series on this, on thriving in Babylon. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? We see that, you know, the public square is being taken over by, um, you know, a very radical sexual revolutionaries. We see it taken over by secularists and the Judeo-Christian worldview and ethics that were predominant 30, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, um, are waning rapidly. So I think there is something inside of many people that are saying, yes, we are looking for someone to do something, to say something against the tide of evil that we see. And one of the things that, okay, so as a pastor, when I hear that, I do believe that there are, people do need to stand up for truth. I do believe we need um, voices like Bonhoeffer and Wilberforce. Mm -hmm. But I think we also need to say, like, what is the... What is the boundaries by which we're I'm not going to ask a pastor in a church to do what a um what what a politician in a political party should do. Does that make sense? But, 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 but neither Bonhoeffer nor Wilberforce were pastors. That's true. Well Bonhoeffer was. For a little bit he was a pastor. But for what I would say is the church should be producing leaders who can go into those realms, medicine, philosophy. Um, politics, law. The church should be producing disciples of Jesus who will be leaders in those avenues, right? Business, um, the economy, who can bring Judeo-Christian worldview, who can be bring a Judeo-Christian ethic. But it's I don't believe it's the church's role to necessarily be the political voice. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I don't disagree with what you've said other than a little bit about you know, the, the purpose of the church is to raise up voices that can go into these areas, because that sounds a little bit like shiny, happy people to me, because I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> that's the whole Bill Gothard but, movement. Okay, that was what their intention was. But but not in a creepy way. I'm not saying in a creepy... What okay, I'm so saying in is... In a non-creepy way. Well, <laughs> what I'm saying is I think that there should be people who, because of their love for Jesus and because of the call of God in their life, I'm not saying I want this coordinated effort. I'm not talking about this Joshua generation kind of thing. What I'm saying is if the Spirit of God is working in a man's life, a politician's life, like William Wilberforce, to say, you know what? God has laid it on my heart to stop this evil of slavery, then 
man, I pray to God that God raises up leaders in our nation who will do those kinds of things. I want to know where the books are that are calling the business leaders of this country to account for the woke practices and the leftist leanings and the moral degeneracy that they have now embraced in the corporate culture. Mm -hmm. Because you know, the president of Coca-Cola is a professing Christian. The the, The head of Walmart is a professing Christian. There are a lot of major Christians in positions of power and influence across mm. this nation. Nobody's telling them to get up and stand. And yet every yokel and their and their brother is trying to say, but we want to hijack the church's mission to turn it into a political activist organization. And I just fundamentally reject that. You have a living room, fill it with people. You have a computer, write your newsletters. You want to publish a book, publish a book. I'll join you. I'm for you. I believe in your cause. But quit trying to hijack the church for social and for and for political change that that's where i jump off the off the bus because there is nothing in scripture that commands us to do that we're to be salt and light in the community but that is the individual that's to be that yeah i i think that there are times what what i would say is you don't and this is my opinion you do not want to go to a church where they are spouting you know political responses to everything that's happening in washington dc now, I know there are churches that do that, yeah. but I believe this is our philosophy at Life Fellowship, and this is our conviction as pastors. We're going to teach the Word of God, and we're going to teach, as the Bible outlines what the what God has spoken to His people, we're going to preach through that. And if, if perchance, there is something going on in the culture that the Word of God speaks to, we will stand up you know, unapologetically without hesitation, without, without any kind of timidity and say, thus says the Lord, the world is going this way. You need to go the other way. Right. And and, and this Sunday, this, I'm not sure when this will be released this Sunday, you're going to be preaching on the works of the flesh. Yeah. And I'm not going to pull any punches at all, but I'm going to do it on the basis of authority. Right. And the impact I want to make is in the life of the believer, not in what happens in Washington. Yeah. However, if it's in the life of the believer, then hopefully they're going to vote with those values yeah. and, and so forth. What I what I think is a dangerous thing is to turn the church into an opposition party to the government. I, I completely agree. You know, separation of church and state is a great Baptist characteristic, mm-hmm. and I grew up Baptist, and that's one of the things I still hold to very, very clearly, because in the early days of this country, Baptists were put in prison by other people of a different denominations. Right. And we've always said, but it goes back to, you know, David wasn't allowed into to the into the temple mm-hmm. and the high priest would not go into the castle of the king there was a reason for that their missions are different right and so that's where i think we we've we've got to understand what our lane is what our calling is and 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 people who hear hear me sometimes they think well you're you, you don't have political courage oh then you don't know me very well <laughs> you, you know? don't know about yeah. dan's other facebooks <laughs> 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 yeah, and and you haven't Googled my name after from the last twenty year, twenty years or before, but 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 the reality is, as I've studied the scripture and as I've matured in ministry, I, I realize the need. It always has to be about the gospel. It has to be about the teaching of the word of God. It has to be about about the discipleship of the believer, and then and only then will we see the actual foundational, fundamental change of a culture yeah. occur. Yeah. And and it's it's a shortcut that I don't believe we can sustain. We tried it in the 70s with the moral majority and I was a card-carrying member of it. <laughs> um but we do not have the numbers that we did in those No, days. and I think one of the things 
and, he, and here's what I would also say. You and I have developed this podcast so we can talk about political things. Like yeah. we just did a recorded podcast episode on all these Supreme yeah, Courts. Yeah, and I would never do that on a Sunday No, morning. we would never do that. Yeah. But I think there are times and places where Christians do want to hear, okay, how does a Christian view what is going on politically in our world? And you and I will have these episodes where every once in a while there will be something culturally going on that we will speak into and say, as a Christian, well, this is what we believe you should think about this. And we will have a, it will be more from a, philosophical, theological, biblical understanding of certain things, as opposed to, we're going to get up on Sunday morning and, and preach this. I think there are are environments that are much more conducive to having conversations like this. You and I are not going to remain silent about the evils that are going on in the world. Right. We're just not. Yeah. We believe in two genders. We believe abortion is wrong. We believe marriage is between a man and a woman. Yeah. We believe you not and, have, and not have sex before you get and married. And we've never <laughs> compromised on not that. Not one time. And if... And if if president who's got an R behind their name or a D behind their name does something wicked or bad, we're going to call it out and say they shouldn't have done that. But I think one of the things that um, we've got to be very careful, we want to keep the Sunday morning very sacred. That is a time by which we hear from God in his word, in his spirit. I mean, that's why we have banners around the room, Dan, where it says, God, help us to hear from your spirit and your word today. That is the cry of our hearts. And so what we don't want to do is turn into, oh, I wonder what Ben and Dan are going to say today. Yeah. That that's never where we want to go. And that's not what we want to ever do. And so Exactly. And 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 we need to understand, and there are lessons to always be learned from the church in history. And I get that. There's a there's a well-known talk show host. He's out of Texas, I think. His name is Jesse Kelly. He's written a best-selling book recently. And I, I you know, dally on Twitter a little bit. And I, saw, I, you know, I follow him and I saw his tweet. And several people of my friends on my Twitter list reposted it. And some of them even sent it to me. But he made a tweet like this recently. He said, America's white evangelical churches spent the weekend turning the other cheek. America's black communist churches spent the weekend mobilizing their armies. That's why one side is winning and the other will soon be smashed by the FBI. And then he he, he put a, um, a clip of an African-American pastor who was very upset about a Supreme mm-hmm. Court decision mm-hmm. and was, you know, using some re- really excessive rhetorical talk and and, mm-hmm. and, and, and so on and so forth. And I, I absolutely reject everything the, the, the black African-American preacher was saying. But I will say this, of the two alternatives that Jesse Kelly gave, whether we preach on turning the other cheek or whether we spend the weekend mobilizing our armies, which of the two is something that the scripture would indicate is the work of the gospel ministry <laughs> of a church? Are we supposed to be mobilizing yeah. armies? Or are we supposed to be preaching the word of God, which says, right. turn the other cheek? Right. And 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 that's where I'm I'm confused by this hyper-nationalistic, Trumpist, uh, conservative, evangelical subculture that seems to be flourishing at this time. And and again, would I agree with their positions? A lot of the time I would. I'm so conservative, I only eat the right wing at the Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> at the same time, when I get behind the pulpit— I'm not Dan. Yeah. I'm not Dan. I'm not the Holy Spirit. Right. But I am a bridge between the truth and those who have decided to walk into that room mm-hmm. and listen to me for 30 minutes. Yeah. Or in my case, 45. <laughs> and, and, and and that's not something that I take lightly. Yeah. And so, yeah, I get a little irritated by the metaxies of the world that, that want to hijack. You know, for years, people were always wanting me to do multi-level marketing. 
because if they could get into... Oh, be careful, Dan. Be, care, be I, careful. I'm trying to be you're really gonna, careful. You're going to offend people now. Here's the idea. <laughs> the idea was this. If I can get the pastor to make the endorsement and to set the example, then we all, all think of all the money we'll make. Mm. Well, to me, that's the same thing. If I can get the pastor to turn the church into a political activist organization, mm. think of all the government we can change. There's always a noble outcome, but it prostitutes the role. Mm. And... I will confess that I was way too close to that line, perhaps over it at times in my past. Mm. Not a mistake I'm going to make in the remaining yeah. years I have of ministry. Um, Britt, can you make sure you entitle this episode, Dan Offends Everyone? <laughs> okay. Uh, just... You could just pretty much put that on every episode. <laughs> <laughs> I believe... Okay, so Dan, here's where I wrestle with what I listened to the conversation. It was a fascinating conversation. I'll probably read the book that Taxus wrote. And sure, why not? Because I want to understand his the fullness of his argument. I read a book years ago called Preaching Under the Shadow of the Swastika. And it was seven sermons by pastors who were speaking out against the Nazi regime, who later on all were either imprisoned or killed. I do believe there are probably moments historically that we would want to say something about what's going on. I agree completely. Right? Like, like I agree completely. there are times when things are big enough that we feel like We've got to say something about absolutely. this. Absolutely. Okay. And call names. And call and you know, name names. Yep, absolutely. But that is not for every, you know, there's there's a very short list of things that I'm gonna do that for yeah. on a Sunday morning. Does yeah. that does that make sense? Yeah, I made the statement a, a year or two ago. I would never vote for a Democrat mm -hmm. because their party is for the murder of preborn children. Right. And I, you know created a little heat for myself when I make statements like that. But mm -hmm. I think it was important. And by the way, I'm not a Republican. I'm neither. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't vote for a Republican that took that position. Mm -hmm. But the Democrat Party actually endorses that position. Mm -hmm. That's why I would never be a Democrat. And again, I'm neither. But there are times when we have to say that. And I think pastors need to have a backbone and courage. And you ask me, <laughs> ask me what I think in private, and I'll tell you every time, even when I shouldn't. Um, yeah. But But that sacred role of what happens behind the pulpit of a church is one that I, I, I think we have to constantly be asking ourselves, are we doing it biblically? Are we letting something else superimpose itself over that? Yeah. And so that's why Metaxas kind of hits a little bit of a nerve with me. Okay. So. Well, um, I hope you enjoy this conversation. I, obviously, we we want to make sure that we maintain our our convictions, and we want to stay true to what God expects the church to do. And when we gather on Sunday mornings, we want you to, to, to know and expect to hear from the Word of God, not just from Dan and Ben. Um, this has been a very interesting conversation. I hope you've enjoyed it. Hey, if you, uh, if you, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at lifetalks at lifecharlotte.com if you've got questions, ideas, suggestions for episodes, or if you just want to rant against Dan and I, what we just talked about. We, <laughs> Dan, would love to hear from you. And so, so anyways, email us and uh, hope you share this and episode. And I'm really much nicer in person than I come across on, on in public. So. Listen, we're so nice. Dan's wearing purple. I'm wearing pink. I mean, we are just, this, we're just emanating this kind of casual chill, chill cool. vibe this yeah. morning um i hope that you and this has been a, a, a episode to make you think to make you talk with your friends and uh, thanks so much for joining us at life talks we'll talk to you next time you've been listening to life talks be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode share this podcast on facebook instagram and twitter to let your friends and family know about life talks We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. 
serves a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.